Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're not giving specific strategies to help your time management, organization, and productivity. Instead, we're going to kind of channel our inner warm and fuzzies, and we're going to talk about how to feel like a good teacher without feeling overwhelmed. Oh, I love the warm and fuzzies. This is something Bridget and I have both struggled with, and we would be willing to bet that you have struggled with this as well. So we're going to really dive into it today. Oh, absolutely. But before we get started, I wanted to remind all of you that we are asking for your time-sucking hurdles. That is right. Michelle and I have been sharing our time-sucking hurdles for our several podcasts in the very beginning, and now we want to hear from from you. What are your time-sucking hurdles? So if you head on over to teachingonthedouble.com on that homepage, you're going to find a link to be able to share your time-sucking hurdle with us. And we'll also leave that down in the show notes. So today we're going to hear from Kristen who says, my drive to and from work is her time-sucking hurdle. I spend at least three to three and a half hours a day in the car. By the time I get home, I am drained and can't seem to get myself together so I can get everything I want to get done. Kristen, girl, I cannot believe you are in the car for that long. Yeah, Kristen, that's brutal. But I will say that sounds like a great chunk of time to be able to listen to some podcasts. I don't know, like teaching to the top. Uh, That's a really, really good suggestion right there. But I also feel like you need to be stocking up on some really good audiobooks, girl. Yeah, for sure. And Kristen, if you're spending that much time in the car, I can only imagine how that's affecting your feelings as a teacher. Because when you are drained at the end of the day, coming home from work after spending all of those hours in the car and you don't want to get stuff done, you then feel like you're letting your students down. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I have to say, and I know that so many of you out there listening are probably going to agree with me, but I feel like when we typically get really, really good in one area of our life, another area suffers. So for me, if I take the time to really focus on my career and my teaching, I always feel like a really bad mom at the end of the day because I don't feel like I'm giving my kids enough attention. And it's vice versa. If I then decide that I'm going to spend a lot of time with my family and really focus on building that up, then I feel like I'm failing as a teacher and I'm not giving my students what they deserve. I experience the same thing. There's times where I feel like I'm killing it with my lesson plans and I'm putting my all into teaching, but then I feel like I'm neglecting my fiance, Billy, or maybe I feel like I'm killing it in my business and I'm a great entrepreneur or edupreneur, but I'm not spending time with him. So as soon as I feel like I'm really rocking it in one area, another area definitely starts to suffer. So it's all about that ability to create balance. And you know, Michelle, I think that is the biggest thing that you and I have gotten from our videos. When people always comment, leave comments for us in our YouTube videos, they always ask, well, how do you do it? How do you manage to, you know, have a a YouTube channel and be a teacher and then have this personal life on top of everything else? And the thing is, is that 
we don't. We have areas in our life that we sacrifice. Like we sacrifice going on that date night or you end up getting into an argument or, you know, you end up getting upset with one another because you're not really paying attention to all areas. It's finding that balance. And it's really hard to be able to find that balance. And I think we're all focused on making it appear from the outside that we have it all together and we have it all going on because we don't want others to know that we're struggling. But that just puts more stress on us internally because everyone else thinks we're doing a great job. But then on the inside, we feel like we're failing. We feel like we're not being a good enough teacher or we're not being a good enough spouse or fiance or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And as a result, we just feel like we're crawling deeper and deeper into this hole. So we're going to be sharing some tips to really help you be able to feel like a good teacher without feeling overwhelmed. Now, listen, we all know a lot of the things that we're about to share with you. And more than anything else, this is like a pep talk for you guys. This is going to be that episode that you can save and you can come back to again and again and again, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you feel like you can't go another day. This podcast hopefully will help lift you up and help push you along so that you can get past that hurdle. So our first tip is to stop comparing yourself to other teachers. Hallelujah. This is something that I literally have to remind myself of, not quite a daily basis, but at least a weekly basis. I've always loved the saying, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. And I feel like that applies in so many areas of my life. But when it comes to teaching, so often we see other teachers and we see what they're doing and we compare ourselves to them. I think it is human nature to a certain degree to compare ourselves to others, but you may be looking at someone else's chapter 10. You may be seeing a teacher who has been teaching longer than you, or maybe has been in the same grade level for a longer period of time, or maybe they have a teaching assistant, or maybe they have super supportive parents that come in and help out. You have no idea what's actually going on. So you can't compare your chapter one to what might be someone else's chapter 10. It's just not fair to you. No, and no one is really able to get it all done. Let's just be honest, okay? Let's be real with each other. No one is able to get it all done. And if they are, they have help. They have someone there that is helping push them along. Guys, I can't even tell you like how much my husband, Trent, like he helps so much behind the scenes. And you guys don't even really know that because all you see is my face. So you automatically think, oh, she is the only one that's doing it all. But that's not the reality. I have my husband. He's there helping me with the tech things behind the issues. He's doing the editing of the videos and the editing of the podcast or whatever it might end up being. He's helping me along that. But here's the thing. And I think this is a really, really big thing. We need to take breaks from social media, especially when you find yourself comparing yourself to someone else that you see on social media. You need to surround only with the people who make you feel good. And if you find that as you're scrolling through that IG account, you're like, oh my gosh, how is that person able to do it? Or, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she's doing that. You need to put that phone down. You need to step away and you really need to focus on something else that's going to remove you from it. 
And if you find that you are still comparing yourself to other teachers, you have to remember that we are all struggling in some area, but some of us hide it better than others. So if it looks like someone has it all going on, they have it all together, trust me, they are struggling in some area too. We're all human and we all experience that. That's a great reminder, Michelle. So the next tip is to let go of perfectionism. This is something that is so incredibly difficult for me. I am a perfectionist to a T and to a fault. It's both one of my strengths, but also one of my biggest weaknesses. And this is something that I still struggle with today, okay? I'm still constantly reminding myself to let go of that perfectionism. Yeah, no, I remember being that. Now, I feel like, Michelle, I have almost a good, what, 10 years on you. I'm an older lady. Like, it just is, it sounds super weird when I say it like that. I'm so sorry, guys. But I am. I am older. And so, therefore, I feel like when I had my perfectionist days, and I did have them, I had to learn to let go very, very quickly because I did find that I was truly killing myself trying to be this perfect image of this perfect teacher. And it was a struggle. And so when I was in kindergarten, I remember sitting there and I would be cutting out my little circles and they had to be absolutely perfect. Well, I learned after a couple of years, you know what? I just need to let it go because who cares? Really, truly, does that five-year-old sitting in that chair care if that circle is cut absolutely perfect? Probably not. They don't really care. So what you're really doing is reminding yourself of what really matters. And I want you to pause for the cause. So if you're doing something and you're multitasking while you listen to this podcast, I want you to just pause and listen to what I have to say. You need to ask yourself, does this affect the way my students are learning? If the answer is no, then let it go. And we need to keep in mind that our students don't even remember those details. Am I right? They absolutely don't. When I think back to second grade, which was one of my favorite years of school, I remember that my teacher cared about me and his energy when he was teaching. I don't remember a whole lot about his classroom besides the fact that we were in a portable, but I don't remember the decorations he had up. I don't remember a lot of the crafts that we did. It's just, it's a blur. But what I remember is how he was present for us every single day. It was his impact that he had on you that you remembered, not the little details. Absolutely. I love it. So the next tip that we have for you is to say no to some things so that you can say yes to other things. Can you repeat that? Because that just sounded so lovely to me. Girl, I think that was my voice, but yes, I would gladly repeat that. Say no to some things so that you can say yes to other things. And this might mean that you start saying no to more things at school. This might mean that you say no to activities outside of school or volunteering Anything that's taking you away from your end goal, whether it be the freedom to be able to spend more time with your kids like mine, but you need to decide what's most important to you. Is it important that you're participating in all of these events or is it important that you have time to spend with your family? And let's be clear that just because you don't volunteer for every event at school 
you're not a bad teacher. In fact, if you have more free time because you're not volunteering for every single event, you're going to be able to recharge and then you're going to be a better teacher for your students. I recently had to say no to something that I have volunteered to do the past several years and it was so difficult for me to say no. I felt guilty about it and I was overthinking it for the weeks leading up to when I said no. But at the end of the day, I had to decide what's more important to me, volunteering for this event or being able to go home get things done, work on this podcast with Bridget and all these other things that bring me joy. And ultimately volunteering for that event was just not bringing me the same level of joy. And you know what, Michelle, we need to remember, and this is this is not something that we're trying to tell you guys is to go out there and say no to everything that they're asking you to do at school. We're not telling you to do that. But what we're asking you to do is really prioritize and think, which ones am I going to say yes to this time? And which ones am I going to say no? I give myself a cap and I say, you know what, I'm going to volunteer for two different events for the year. And that's it. That's where I'm going to stick it at. Because I know that I have other commitments that I have already made. And so by giving myself that limit of I'm only going to do two events this year, I think that's good. That still shows that I'm involved with my community. It still shows that I care about my kids and my school, but it also doesn't kill me at the end of the day. Yes. And keep in mind that when you say no to something, a lot of times it's not a permanent no, meaning you could go back and turn it into a yes. I guarantee you most events at school, if you start by saying no, no, I can't volunteer this time, but then you end up having enough free time and you say, actually, I can help out. I guarantee you they're going to find a spot for you. And if you're saying yes, it makes it a lot harder to go back and change it to a no. You're better to start with a no and change it to a yes than to start with a yes and need to change it to a no. So keep that in mind next time someone asks you to volunteer for an event. Start with a no and you can always change it to a yes. Our next tip is to stop moving the goalpost. One of the reasons that we constantly feel overwhelmed as teachers is because we keep moving the goalpost that marks our happiness. Meaning as soon as we set a goal for ourselves and we say, you know what, when I reach this goal, I'm gonna feel so good about myself. I'm gonna feel like a rock star teacher. I'm gonna feel happy. But what happens is we reach that goal and then we just move the goalpost even further away. We decide, nope, I actually need this to feel happy. What I have isn't enough. I need to be better. My husband likes to tell me that I'm like this with things with just stuff like I get something and then I'm like ooh, this is shiny and pretty and amazing and then I find something else and I'm like but now I need this shiny pretty and amazing thing so I can relate to that and it's okay to always want better I mean that's what gets us to improve as human beings that's a fantastic thing but when it's affecting your ability to be happy and it's making you feel more overwhelmed that's no longer serving you in fact that is then hurting you. No, and we absolutely do this as teachers. We think we feel like a great teacher once we've really planned ahead and we've gotten all of our things together. But then as soon as we have that together, we feel like our classroom isn't good enough. So then we start to redecorate something. And then once our classroom has been redecorated, we feel like we're not doing enough with our students and we're not engaging in our lessons enough. And it just continues to spiral and spiral. I've totally been guilty of that, Bridget, but that fits 
perfectly into our last tip, which is to return the focus to your students. This means you need to remember your why. I guarantee you, hopefully, you did not go into teaching because you love to decorate your classroom or because you love to just plan lessons but not actually teach them. I mean, you went into this because you love your kids. You love your students. You love that feeling of helping them grow and meeting their needs. And that should be what's driving you. And we need to remember that the learning will always happen. That when we take time to really build those relationships, when we connect with our students, when we focus that attention back on them, the learning is going to take place. So take time, reconnect with your students, spend time with them. I remember there was a day that I was feeling super down on myself and I can't remember why. There was a lot of things that was going on. And I just remember sitting in the chair and I'm like, guys, I just want to talk to you. Like, I just want to see what's going on. How, how's everything going? I catch, I was catching up on their sport, sporting events. They were telling me about different things that was going on at home, but I took time to reconnect with my students and I started really working on building that relationship, getting to know them more and the learning will end up happening. And it reminded me of why I was sitting in that chair in the first place. Yes. And we all need that reminder time and time again. Now, it's also important to just ask your students for their opinion because I guarantee you they probably don't care that much about your super fancy lesson. Okay, I love this one. I'm just going to be honest. You could spend three hours planning the most detailed lesson and you're like, man, my students are going to love this. And sometimes it just flops or your students are not engaged in it or they don't really notice the extra effort. I mean, that happens. So ask for the opinions of your students. Some of the simplest things will make them happy and will be engaging for them. So figure out what it is that they want and use that to help drive how you're spending your time instead of focusing on all these things that you don't actually have to be doing. And so we really hope that after listening to this little pep talk here, that you have a very clear understanding of what it is that you are wanting to accomplish with your time and your life, that you also have a very clear understanding that you are not the only one that feels this way. Whether or not other people around you choose to vocalize what it is that they're going through or how they're feeling at any particular moment, you are not alone in any of it. We have all felt as though we are struggling to stay afloat at some point in our lives. So sit down, take a moment for yourself and remember why you are here. Remember why you are doing what it is that you are doing in the first place and really ground yourself so that you have a clear understanding and a better picture of what it is that you're wanting to accomplish at the end. Now, guys, we never want to leave you hanging. And so we have a freebie for you. If you head on over to teachingonthedouble.com, right there on that homepage, you're going to find seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity to get you back rolling and flowing and doing what you do best. So my friends, until next time, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.